Hello, listener. It's Podcast Dad, back on the impolite coffee break. I'm your host, Yale Hollander. This show is going to drop on Friday, July 19th. Uh, it's actually being recorded on Wednesday, July 17th. It is 6.35 in the morning. It is already above 80 degrees. It is disgusting outside. Uh, all of the windows everywhere are sweating. My glasses are sweating. I myself have not yet started sweating yet, but then again, I am also in an air-conditioned building coming straight from an air-conditioned car. It was a close call, but the perspiration has not broken through yet. If you haven't already started retching in disgust at the thought of that, let me just suggest to you that we have some fine sponsors that, for some unexplained reason, continue to bring you this show. We have the Crow's Nest the Crow's Nest at 7336 Manchester, the food and beverage crown jewel of downtown Maplewood, located conveniently near a hardware store across the street from a supermarket and a spice market. But that's okay. You don't need any of those things when you're at the Crow's Nest because they have superlative cocktails, fine beers of all genres, and amazing food. Plus, you go there on Wednesday night at 10.30 and you get live comedy. That's right. The Crow's Nest is the proud... I'm assuming they're the proud home. They're the proud home. I'm just going to go ahead and say it on their behalf. Of Wild Card Open Mic Comedy hosted by Chris Sear, J.C. Sabala, and sometimes Quentin Wilbert, and sometimes other comedians as directed by the directors of the show. We are also... Brought to you by the Fortune Teller Bar. The Fortune Teller Bar can be found at 2635 Cherokee, down in the city, down in the Cherokee Arts and Business District. A bustling neighborhood, if ever there was one. Uh, you can get food from the Spice of Life, uh, which operates out of the Fortune Teller Bar every night except for Tuesday nights. And then we are also brought to you by Taco Circus. Taco Circus. Fuck. They're not open right now. That's right. Uh, they are in the process of moving from their former digs down in the Bevo neighborhood to much more spacious, expansive, and luxurious digs on Southwest Avenue in the Hill. That's right. Right smack dab in the middle of St. Louis's traditionally Italian district. There is an Austin-style Tex-Mex restaurant breaking through. Should be open sometime in August, so head on down to Taco Circus when the time comes. And of course, stay tuned to this podcast, as well as Impolite Company and The Lion's Den for more updates on when Taco Circus will once again be resuming operations. Very excited about that. So...
it's been a busy week. It will continue to be a busy week. By the time this drops, um, I'm going to have had done a bunch of stuff, and a bunch of stuff is going to have happened in the St. Louis comedy scene. Uh, I myself uh, have got uh, a couple of exciting um, interview slash appearances uh, coming up, one of them uh, via a local media outlet. Can't really give too many details on that. Um, mostly because uh, they may decide uh, after they shoot the uh, the interview uh, that uh, it's not worth it. But uh, I certainly hope that's not the case. So hopefully that'll be something we can talk about next week. And then um, on a broader spectrum, uh, nationally, I guess, well, arguably globally, I guess you could say, I am uh, going to be interviewed tomorrow for what I assume will be either Friday or maybe next week. Um the great Lisa Bernbach, she of the uh, official Preppy Handbook uh, and several other books, former uh, radio host, former television guest panelist on a number of chat shows, and also a writer for Spy Magazine. She has uh, the Five Things That Make Life Better podcast, uh, which I have talked about on previous shows, but uh, she has uh, asked me to be her guest. Uh, and so we are recording an episode of that tomorrow where I will talk about uh, five of the things that make my life better. And I think we'll probably be also talking about some comedy and things like that. Uh, she has uh, been on a kick lately of uh, talking about people who, who make uh, interesting uh, career and lifestyle pivots uh, after 40, shall we say. So uh, because I definitely uh, fall into that category, um, she has she has asked me to get involved with that. So I'm very excited about that. Um, some other exciting things going on in my world. Um, I may, and uh, that's capital M, capital A, capital Y, be on the verge of adding two new live comedy shows to the Coffee Break Comedy Productions family. Uh, including the potential return of the one that started it all, the Coffee Break Comedy Showcase, uh, in a uh, new, and well, it's not a new venue, but it's a venue that would be new to Coffee Break. Uh, very excited about the possibility of that happening, hopefully in the next few weeks. We'll have some additional details to share about that. And of course, I am still set. I have sent a proposal. I am waiting for a response. But I want to do a comedy show on the Loop Trolley. I want to make that happen. Certainly they need some sort of a hook. They need some sort of an angle to get ridership up. And by gum, stand-up comedy is going to be it. Contest season is in full swing here in my my guest right now, who will be revealed in a few minutes, is very excited about the prospect of of, of comedy on the loop. We're gonna have that comedy on the loop trolley. We're gonna have to talk about that. But we're also in the midst of uh, contest season here. Two of the big clubs in town uh, use the months of uh, June, July, and uh, in one case August uh, to crown local stand-up comedy champions. Um, by the time this drops, the Helium Comedy Club will have crowned their new champion, uh, relieving Tina D-Ball of her title uh, as the 2018 Funniest Person in St. Louis. There will be a new one. Uh, that person will be either J.C. Sabala, Duke Taylor, 
Matt Barnes, Larry Green, Ronaldo Mercado, Max Price, Will O'Donnell, or Spencer, Spencer Whipple of Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, one of those people will be crowned St. Louis's funniest person. Uh, the Funny Bone uh, is another comedy club in town that is uh, running their contest. They run theirs on Monday nights, so it, it takes a little bit longer uh, to uh, unveil a champion there. But the first three finalists uh, were established uh, this past week. And uh, those finalists are Larry Green, you've heard that name before, Rich Braun, and Doug Morris. They are on to the finals to compete against, I believe, six other competitors. So good luck to all of them. Congratulations uh, to everybody uh, who has advanced to the finals of these respective competitions. And uh, good job and nice try to everybody who uh, took a shot but didn't quite make it let's see what else is going on oh i got uh i got to uh meet and interact with one of my longtime comedy heroes over the past weekend uh the great emo phillips was in town he was at the helium comedy club over the weekend uh still just as funny as he was the first time i heard him almost 35 years ago uh at the record bar in the capitol mall in jefferson city missouri uh, where uh, the manager, who is this uh, really cool dude uh, named Brian, he used to play all the cool music after hours uh, and let us kind of hang around and, and have a listening party in a mall. Uh, probably something that will appear on a uh, later episode of Stranger Things, uh, I'm assuming. But in any event, uh, one night he pulled out this uh, album called E Equals M.O. Squared, and it was like nothing anybody had ever heard before. Uh, and Emo Phillips continues to be nothing like anybody else has heard before, and uh, it was great to have a chance to meet him. The last time I had seen him live in concert was in 1989, yes, 30 years ago, at the uh, Jesse Auditorium uh, at the University of Missouri at Columbia, and uh, we talked a little bit about that, and he was just a very nice guy, uh, very chatty, very approachable, uh, not at all like I uh, thought that he would be. There was kind of some word on the street that Emo was a bit of a shy person, uh, didn't really like crowds or anything like that, but uh, he, he handled all, our small group very well and uh, uh, was uh, more than eager to take pictures with people, and he would then ask to see the pictures, and if he didn't think that it was a good picture, he would say, let's take it again, let's do some more until we get it right, so... Very cool, uh, very cool to uh, meet people and then have them turn out to be just as cool as you wanted them to be. Speaking of cool people, we have one in the studio right now. This is a this is a huge privilege for me. This is a huge honor for me. I um, it t it takes a lot of work sometimes to to make these things happen, and uh, for whatever reason, the stars all aligned, and and this this is actually happening. I'm. <laughs> Our special guest this morning, he's one of the legendary entertainers of the 20th century with a career that has spanned over 50 years. He's had star turns on a number of the greatest television shows of all time, a lot of variety shows. He was a regular on the talk and variety show circuit. He's an accomplished film actor in both dramatic and comedic roles. He was in the Blues Brothers movie. 
Uh, but he's probably best known as one of the all-time great crooners, both as a solo artist and with his wife, the late, great Edie Gourmet. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners, it is my honor and my privilege to welcome to our airwaves Mr. Steve Lawrence. Steve, how are you? And welcome. Man. This reminds me back in my time at uh, CBS Records. Wait a minute. I'm not Steve. That's not me. What? That's, I'm, not, I'm, not, uh, I'm not Steve Lawrence. I, although I do think Steve Lawrence would really like, uh, would really like your idea for the trolley. I, I, I am not, I am not uh, Steve Lawrence. Who uh, are you? Who are you, sir? I'm, uh, my name is Yale Hollander. <laughs> what a coincidence! I'm, yeah, that's me. Yeah, it's, I'm also the other. I, I, mean, I, I, I chose this stage name thinking that it would be completely unique in the universe, and here nope. there's somebody actually named Yale Hollander. I'm the I'm the other the one the other one. The whenever you like, there's the other like the other Yale Hollander who's been who also has your free Gmail account. That one who's been accidentally signing up for the wrong things, that's been me the entire time. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm sorry uh, if you're, uh, hopefully you're really into uh, American Woodworker Magazine because uh, I, I did accidentally sign up for that. It, it, it would be a pleasure. I'm surprised I don't subscribe to it already. <laughs> I subscribe to just about every uh, magazine uh, that I can um, just because I have... Um, a lot of American Airlines frequent flyer points, but not enough to actually get anything else of value. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, a, a complimentary glass of orange juice or <laughs> or perhaps a clean seat. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of in that in that um, gray zone where where you you you've the number is big but the the target is even bigger and largely unobtainable you pull up the phone that has the app on it you show it to this to the uh uh you know to the the, the stewardess and then she's like oh and she hands you like a second bag of peanuts yes and she's like just go to sleep and they're right. not and they're not even like the airlines branded peanuts they're like a they're like a Ziploc bag of peanuts that was found in in one of the magazine pockets yeah she's like well I guess you can have this there you go yeah that's pretty much it yeah, yeah pretty much it and then I find out that it was nonetheless charged to my credit card later on yeah well I mean you know it's it, that kind of clout only gets you so far on an airplane. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, and then you know you dispute the charges on your credit card, and the next thing you know, you're on a TSA no-fly list. <laughs> so, uh, so that's why Yale and I will be driving uh, to uh, to our next show in Tampa. That's right. Can't fly. That's right. That's right. <laughs> if you haven't figured it out by now, this is Christian Lawrence. Christian. Oh yeah. He of. Oh yeah. He. Currently of bare knuckle comedy right. and many other comedic and other artistic enterprises has joined us today in the studio. Uh, a lot going on for you over the the ne- well. There's always a lot going on for you. Let's not kid ourselves. You have you have a full and interesting life, but uh, uh, you've got some special things going on with bare knuckle comedy. It's coming up on the 10th anniversary of bare knuckle comedy and what a better way to celebrate a milestone occasion to be able to honor and and promote 
and celebrate the perseverance of a stalwart comedy institution, what better way to honor longevity in a field that is notorious for almost immediate flops like the television show Turn On, which lasted one half of an episode on the ABC television affiliate in Cleveland, Ohio. What better way to celebrate making it in this impossible industry than to kill the show on its 10th birthday? What the hell is wrong with you? Put a fork in it. We're done with that. We're done with that. That was, uh, I was hoping to have it canceled halfway through its first show because, uh, like turn on the the variety show canceled halfway through its first show this show bare knuckle comedy is also written by a computer and so uh yeah i'm surprised that it even got past the first one yeah for 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 those of you who are trying to well i mean everybody who listens to this show is always trying to figure out what the hell is going on here (laughs) but as as things tend to happen between Christian and myself, sometimes outside of our studio, uh, sometimes uh, in front of the Starbucks at West County Mall, uh, who is not a sponsor, um, we will get off on um, ridiculous, trivialized tangents uh, in our conversation. And this morning, it just so happened to be a discussion about uh, short-lived... Uh, entertainment ventures he was talking about a podcast that lasted all of three episodes before it had run its course and i said you know i'm pretty sure that there was a tv series out there that got canceled halfway through its first episode so of course i had to go and look that up just to make sure that i wasn't imagining things and sure enough there was a television show called turn on this was in 1969 it was abc's effort to kind of Um, cater to the uh, emerging uh, television counterculture like NBC had done with Laugh-In, like CBS had done with the Smothers Brothers Hour. So they had a show called Turn On. The premise of the show was that it was supposed to be a totally random program that was written by a computer. There was no human involvement whatsoever. They used no sets. It was a white box backdrop. Uh, Sometimes they would use up to four split screens during the show and have four different things going on. The show was mainly about sex, um, which, of course, for 1969, a nice year, uh, but otherwise still kind of uh, still kind of on the prudish side as far as standards and practices go on broadcast television. Um, The guest Special guest was Tim Conway. They did not have a live audience. They did not have a laugh track. Uh, the show was canceled during the airing of its first episode. And not only was the decision made to cancel the show during the first episode, but one ABC affiliate in Cleveland, Ohio, was so repulsed by what they had seen in the first 15 minutes that when they went to the mid-show station break and commercial break, they did not return to the feed from the network. They instead had a black screen and played organ music for the remaining 15 minutes of the time slot. Um, Affiliates in Portland, Denver, and Seattle, all of which were in Western time slots, opted not to air the show at all based upon the negative feedback that was sweeping the East Coast and the Midwest. 
uh, a, an affiliate in Little Rock, Arkansas, made the mistake of allowing the show to continue, and their station was apparently bombarded and got their switchboard shut down by angry callers who were complaining about the show. So when we talk about turn-on, when we talk about um, shows that get canceled midway through, now you have some context. Getting back to your um, diabolical plan to murder this most successful franchise, uh, my question stands, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, well, uh, much, you know, much like, well, first off, if the show isn't going well that night, uh, I'm probably going to stop it and just fill the last three quarters of it with organ music. Just, just to let you know, I'm going to have that ready. <laughs> uh, but the, uh, yeah, the show uh, has been around for 10 years. It's a nice round number. Nice. Easy. Mm, yeah. Just, I, you know, uh, it's, uh, the show is uh, remarkably difficult to produce. And uh, it, it's like, it's two different kinds of comedy put together, at, at least two different kinds of comedy put together. Uh, and uh, there's a cast involved, and there's all these things. And uh, it has been uh, very, very, it's, it's very difficult uh, to produce. And uh, uh, well, let's, 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 kind of talk about it i mean it, it is an ensemble show uh it has gone through several iterations um there have been i guess uh well i guess you the sole sole member that has been through it from day one yeah but you've had several other members of the cast some uh uh, local comedians, some comedians who have moved uh into other markets why don't why don't you talk about you know uh some of the we can talk about all the players for all I care, um, but you know some of the some of the more cornerstone key players through the years. How it got started? Let's let's sure. begin at the beginning, as they say. Sure. Uh, so okay, we'll give you the, the quick version here. So, uh, two thousand nine, there was only one comedy club in St. Louis. There was one place to do stuff. It was the Funny Bone, and if you, uh, if the gatekeepers there did not like what you were doing, you were basically out of out of luck. There's nowhere right. else to go. And so uh, me and uh, another comic, uh, Kevin White, who needed, uh, we wanted to do stuff that wasn't the usual, uh, you know, set up punch, set up punch kind of stuff. We decided we we're going to start doing our own show and we're going to invite comics who might also not very neatly fit into that thing to kind of give them the opportunity, you know, especially if, you know, give them the opportunity to do a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's what it was. It was a place to so where Kevin and I could do whatever it is we wanted, but also the uh, the ability to uh, give folks um, that voice. So that's kind of what it that's kind of what it was about. So this is basically the genesis of the St. Louis independent comedy scene. I mean, do you feel comfortable in 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 going there? Well. I, I guess if you maybe I don't know if if that's that's what the Riverfront Times said, but uh, I'm not the Riverfront Times. I'm just putting together a show. Well, but uh, you know that that is a credible source. They do they they do operate in print and have a website. So I mean that's oh. that's that's doubly. I mean if you're on the internet and 
have access to a printing press, that makes it, you. It's got to be accurate. It's a real deal. It's got to be accurate. I mean, that's double verification. Well, you don't need a notary in a situation like that. That's actually in the Bible. <laughs> well, Yale, yeah, we're almost there. Like, all we have to do is if we just get, if we can, if you and I get a printing press. And we also have these mics here. We're even more legit. Yeah, that's that's very true. I, I mean, that's the three-headed beast. I mean, we're approaching Hydra territory. I think that's right. I think this is going to be, you know, we're we're approaching, we're approaching gospel material. All right. So <laughs> now you know that the title of this particular podcast episode is going to be Christian Lawrence Invented Comedy. Wow. Well, that's that's a lie. <laughs> Can't be. <laughs> right, Can't true. be. I forgot. It was, I've spoken you, it, you and it will be it. on the web. You said it. That's so that's right. that's two thirds of the <laughs> of the Grand Slam, which is weird because a Grand Slam requires four. That's and true. And we've only talked about three. Oh my god! It's a metric Grand Slam. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an old style Grand Slam. That's right. Because <laughs> it's in the Bible. Yes. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of how the, the show started, and that's kind of the the idea uh, behind it. Uh, and so it was primarily Kevin and I. You know, we ran the show. It was and so it was uh, we hosted it. We we'd set it up so there was like a, a three act narrative going on, so that uh, in between all the comics, so that people would be more interested in watching the show than just like oh I saw that one comic and then leave. There's actually a larger show going on. So. Uh, that was the basic idea, and then when Kevin left, I had to find a way to keep the show going, other than just being me, because that's not very fun. So uh, we did. Uh, I started getting uh, a cast of like uh, you know comedians and uh, improvisers and actors and stuff like that. And once I started, once I started running the show in that way, uh, uh, I realized that. Um, that show, the show would probably run a lot better if I didn't have to worry about all these uh, uh, faulty <laughs> towers. You yes, really faulty towers. Uh, yes. Uh, the main character that sir there said this hotel would run a lot better if it wasn't for all these guests. That's right, and Basil, Basil Faulty, the great John Cleese. Bare knuckle comedy would run so much better. The sketch sequences of bare knuckle comedy would run so much better if I didn't have to worry about this damn cast. Right. Sure. So, uh, so it's always kind of been like kind of wrangling cats because uh, there's a million things going on, and uh, it wasn't these people. In my day job, I'm not really worried about you know, I'm there for a job, right? It's my job. Right. I'm not really completely emotionally invested in this. You're it's, professional, but not necessarily. A hundred percent vested. Yeah, right. It's a job, right? So, like, not a lot of the cast members weren't. They didn't start the show. There was it was a job. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a, it was a thing for mm-hmm. them to do. So it makes sense they wouldn't be. You know, like, hey, this is you know, this is, uh, you know, like, I'm going to spend a lot of time working on this. And also, we're talking about comics, and often also we're talking about people in their twenties. So there's a lot of like damn kids. A lot of you know punk punk kids, right? Yeah, sitting around eating their avocado toast, drinking their nine dollar coffee, canceling shows halfway through. Yeah. The, <laughs> so it often would be me like like carrying five or six people, mm-hmm. and 
let's come on, let's make the show work, guys. Let's go do this. And then uh, that's fine when, you know, you're, you know, you don't have a hell of a lot else going on. But now, I'm, you know, I'm married and I've got a house and I've got ferrets and I've just got a lot more going on than I did. And so now I've got it like I don't have time to, like, carry six people. And, you know, did you do the writing you're supposed to do? Oh, you didn't? I'll just do it for you. Yeah. So, yeah, eventually it's just like uh, I'm, I'm, I can't do it no more. But, you, I mean, there, there, there are some notable alums, though, of, oh, of Bare Knuckle Comedy. Of I course. mean, one in particular that you really gen- don't talk a lot about, but I'm, I'm going to. I know you're a little, a little modest and a little shy about this, but you had a, a, a young lady uh, in the early days of Bare Knuckle Comedy 10 years ago uh, who worked on the show a bit and you know she she was kind of in a bad place and you gave her an opportunity and she was uh she was pretty good at it and you worked with her and uh she eventually got some confidence and and uh spent a little bit of time had a bit of a star turn with bare knuckle comedy and then moved on and and that young woman uh grew up to be oprah winfrey that's right yeah that's right she she uh she, she there was a there was a day Kevin wasn't there, and so we, Oprah was there, and so uh, I just I need a co-host, and then she she stepped up like a like a GD pro. Yeah, I mean, and, who would have thought ten years ago that that uh, a, a relative nobody like Oprah Winfrey would would turn out to be the the media titan that she is now? I mean, in two thousand and nine, nobody knew who Oprah Winfrey was. She was just you know. Uh, a, a, a bit role player in this little startup comedy ensemble, and uh, she's done pretty well for herself. Oprah Winfrey, Liam Neeson. Yeah. Yep. And uh, uh, the guy, the guy who did uh, the voice for the Taco Bell dog. That's yes. <laughs> Him as I believe well. that was Sir Lawrence Olivier, that if was, I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that, but yeah, the voice of the Taco Bell Chihuahua was Sir Lawrence Olivier. <laughs> So yeah, so a lot of a lot of a lot of, uh, as the dude would say, a lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of what have yous. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, lot, there's uh, you know lots of lots of awesome <laughs> performers have been part of the show, including Oprah Winfrey and Sir Lawrence Olivier. Yes. <laughs> oh man. So do you, do you have particular memories of that first show? Where was it? Uh, so the the show has has outlived many of the venues uh, that it has performed at. It was at a place called Brant's, which was sure. in the loop, which Jay is Brant. Uh, no longer with us. The the, the venue, and uh, uh, what I remember is uh, there was uh, the stage backed up to uh, a a window onto Delmar. Delmar, yes, right. So you could perform, but there was. If you look at the stage, there's just like a window behind you that goes out to the street. Now, with comedy, you know, if anybody uh, happens to be doing something dumb behind you as you're trying to do stand-up, uh, it's going to be a little weird because right. it's going to be distracting, right? So we decided the, the first show, first thing we're going to do is we're going to make sure it's distracting. So uh, <laughs> I had uh, me and Kevin went up there, and then we had two other comics uh, uh uh, fans, we, we started talking and we're like, it's going to be a really great comedy show, guys. So just make sure you keep your eyes right here. And we had them, uh, 
bump into each other and get into a fist fight right behind, <laughs> like right behind us. And we're just like, so it's gonna be fun. So it was obviously make it way, way more interesting what's going on outside. That's great. Play it up, man. That that's great. So that was that was the first bare knuckle comedy show was at Brant's. Yeah. Uh, which did that would that become like salt and smoke or something like that? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Yeah. One yeah. became a barbecue place after that and yeah. I don't know what it is now. Now it's a nuclear waste pit. It is a nuclear waste. I was it was either that or a NASA launch site. I couldn't remember which one it was. It, <laughs> oh. Del Delmar has just gotten so busy now yeah. it's it's hard to it's hard to say. Well, whatever it is, it's either owned by Joe Edwards or Wash U. Whatever it is. That, this right is now. true. This yeah. is true. Yes. One of those two. That's it's flip a coin. It's, <laughs> I think Joe Edwards actually owns Wash U now. Yeah, yeah. At least the the, the chunk of Wash U that's on Del Mar. Yes, right. absolutely. Yes, yeah. It's gonna be Joe <laughs> Joe Edwards University. You know. Yeah, yeah. George Washington owned slaves, so it's time to rename it. So. It'll be, uh, yes. it'll be Joe Edwards I University. I totally want to see that big bronze and statue. That, I mean, they have similar hairstyles. Oh, yeah. So you really wouldn't have to change the statues that much. Yeah, and you know George Washington always used to have shorts on. Is, uh, this is true. And a Hawaiian shirt. All the time. Even though Hawaii hadn't been invented yet. <laughs> I saw it. I the saw volcano it. had not yet blown to create Hawaii. I saw Joe the other day as I was eating over there, and I'm like, man looking sharp <laughs> hey you know he's a, joe edwards was a member of bare knuckle comedy he was, yes he at was. One time, wasn't he? yes he was when we were doing the show at uh when we were doing the show over there at blueberry hill for a while we he he came down saw it and he's like you know what well he created blueberry hill in order to host the show he created the duck room yeah and that's when you discovered um an obscure local musician uh, named charles barry uh, who you gave some stage time to down in the duck room, and uh, he seemed to he seemed to take off in popularity. There was there was the if you remember from Back to the Future, there was the guy who goes, "Hey, it's your it's your cousin Marvin Marvin Barry." Barry. Like uh, I uh, he was Chuck was listening to him on the phone, and then I was standing next to Chuck, and I was like, "Hey, you hear that? Do that." That's that's that phone call actually happened. And I encourage him to do it. That's and now this episode will be known as Christian Lawrence invented rock and roll. Man, how do I do it? This is amazing. This Damn. is that, and, and you're killing Damn. it. And you're killing it. You're go you're you're I mean, you've spawned the careers of, of so many titans of entertainment. That's right. That's right. I Oprah Winfrey, Chuck Berry, Sir Lawrence Olivier, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. Man. Uh, that yeah, that totally I, I mean the, yeah. the well yeah, I mean yeah, the, totally well happened. I rem I remember the skit that you cast Schwarzenegger for <laughs> was um the the guy who got fired from working in the drive-through window because his Austrian accent was too heavy yes. and it was angering the customers, many of whom were World War II veterans and they were getting um shell shock flashbacks uh, in the drive-through line and so it was all about his life after getting fired and it was called the terminated and then he went on and kind of did a riff on that and made a movie of a similar name and you started that man i'm i i'm i'm really glad that you're able to i'm i'm shy and i'm i'm glad that you're able to bring these things up because i i didn't want to speak to it i'm 
This is true. Yet again, what you said is absolutely true, Yale. Well, I agree. And you know, I, I I don't think it's I don't think it's any mystery to the listeners out there that we do a lot of prep work for this show. Right. And 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 I did. We did have an extensive over a, a period of about six weeks, an extensive uh, correspondence. Uh, where I was getting background information from you. And because Kevin White, your co-founder, was not uh, available for the podcast this morning, based upon the information that you and I uh, discussed over that six weeks of correspondence, Mm -hmm. I did actually formulate a few questions for Kevin, and I was able to reach out to him. Oh, really? And I have a transcript of that exchange. Oh, dude, that's awesome. I I didn't know that you were able to contact him. Yeah, so here is is a a, a transcript of... um, um, what uh, what I got from Kevin? Oh, that's awesome. um, <laughs> uh, it it boiled down to to four questions because um, that's a very Jewish thing uh, to do. Oh, to um, so um, here he, I'll just take the four questions uh, in order. And again, these are based upon the information that you provided me yeah. uh, as some background. Yeah, so, yeah. So here's the first question. Uh, as Christian has indicated, a bare knuckle comedy was his idea, and he handled approximately a hundred percent of the creative, intellectual, and physical labor involved in all of its productions. What exactly was your role in the operation? Good question. Um, Kevin responds, "Oh, you son of a bitch." Christian's claims are completely false. It was my idea to start the show. I recruited Christian to help me produce bare-knuckle comedy after I met him outside of a Michael's craft store. Christian was running this hustle where he would steal pipe cleaners and googly eyes from a Joanne Fabrics, then stand outside of Michael's and try to sell them for less than people could get them in for inside the store. I liked his hustle, so I brought him on board. This news of Christian trying to steal the show from me is very upsetting. I mean, I met him stealing things, but I didn't think he was a thief. Accurate? <laughs> Look, that was, I made tens of dollars doing that. Those pipe cleaners, man, I made tens of, and, for, and, and those are, those are uh, $2,009. Yes, well, and if, I, if memory serves correctly, um, there was a... Uh, a young, struggling Spanish artist who purchased some of those pipe cleaners and googly eyes uh, for some for some uh, art projects that he was thinking about doing, and that young man grew up to be Mr. Pablo Picasso, and his name was Pablo Picasso. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. So yet again, uh, I somehow did that. <laughs> <laughs> Moving. <laughs> Moving on to question number two. We have officially gone to hell. Can you explain what happened to the $150,000 in bare-knuckle funds that Christian claims you made off with when you left town? That jerk. Okay. Um, I, his answer is, I traded in $5 million. Do- oh, no, that was a different... You know what? He didn't answer that question, or maybe he didn't. I didn't put it down. We'll... we'll that we'll we'll move on. We'll um, come back to that. We'll yeah, no no comment there. Interesting. Kevin didn't want to answer that one. Yeah, number three. Yeah. Christian claims that you used a first generation Glock 19 to pistol whip him into changing the name of the operation to Bare Knuckle Comedy from its original name, The Amazing Christian Lawrence Comedy Experience, starring Christian Lawrence and a bunch of other less talented people. Where did you acquire such a rare firearm? And his answer was, I traded in five billion dollars in camel cash 
for that bad boy and an inner tube with Joe Camel on it. <laughs> and the fourth question is just Christian Lawrence, comedy genius or genius of comedy? Uh, to which he uh, responded with um, a devil's face emoji. Very nice. Yes. Very nice. So I'd offer you um, the opportunity for a rebuttal, but uh, I'm not going to. Did you Good. have? Did you? Did Did you happen I, to? Well, I I don't know if uh, I don't know if this this might have been his answer. I don't know if. Let's it, see. Uh, oh, here we go. Okay, so the question was, <laughs> you know. Uh, can you explain what happened to the $150,000 in bare knuckle funds that Christian claims you made off with when you left town? His response, I didn't make off with $150,000 when I left. That money was mine fair and square. As I'm sure everyone knows by now, the show was funded by weird happenstance in both our families. You see, Christian's childhood home was built on top of an unstable uranium mine. Around 30... Uh, the family got wind of this and acquired a healthy chunk of hush money from the U.S. government. Christian went from being that awkward kid with a tail to that awkward adult with a tail and $25,000 in his pocket. As for my vast wealth, I was looking through some old family heirlooms when I found what is believed to be the earliest known blueprints, patent, and functioning prototype of the world's first ever sex doll made by my great-grandpappy, Rutherford Barnaby White. I took that right to the makers of those real dolls, and they paid me a whopping $5,000 to get out of their office. So, yeah, we were both rich with our newly acquired money, grand total of $30,000, which we dumped right into producing the show. When I left, Christian when I left, Christian cut me a check, buying out my half of the show, which should have been just $15,000. But since years of uranium poisoning poisoned his, damaged his eyesight, he accidentally put an extra zero in there. Oh, well, not my problem. That money is mine now. The man signed the check. You can see it as clear as day. Rutherford Barnaby White, the yes. original inventor of the sex doll, is just a gross... He was a gross man. If you ever get a he was a grossman. He was Jewish. Is this is this an anti-Semitic trope? <laughs> I, I I don't know. I could be. Who knows? Mm. I don't I don't know anything about him mm. other than he sounds gross. Yes. Tell me more about it, Christian. Yeah. Right. Well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Christian Lawrence invented anti-Semitism. God, I'm such an inventor over here. I'm doing it all. What do you know about that? I made it. Uh, yeah, I did that one too. So in any event, you're, 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 you're murdering the show. You're, you're yeah. putting it to death, but it's going out in grand style at the ready room on Friday, oh. July 26th. What is going on there and then? Yeah. So, uh, it'll be our, our standard show I've been doing for years, a three act narrative with me and, uh, me and Kevin, and we'll have a couple former, uh, cast members, uh, pop up, but the main attraction, the headline's going to be Nick Vatterot, uh, very awesome comic. He did our fifth anniversary show about five years ago, and uh, he's uh, super awesome. Uh, Rena Calm is going to be coming into town to do the show. Renee Clam, right. yay! And uh, Yale was able to uh, help uh, uh, wrangle her for the show. Yes. So very kind to you, Yale. Uh, then we're going to have... Um, Emily Hickner is going to be doing the show, and then uh, she was a former cast member. All right. And then a uh, longtime buddy of the show, uh, Kenny Kynes, who's been doing it since you know 2010, 2011. Will be uh, he'll be he'll be there as well. 
Fabulous, fabulous. Gonna be a gonna be a great night. And uh, tickets for that are available online. Yes. Yes, they are. It's Eventbrite. Eventbrite.com, and those are fifteen dollars to get in. Well, that's what that's what a scientist would say. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're there at uh, at the ready room. Yep. In the Grove on Manchester Avenue. Yep. Yep. The uh, should be to be pretty. Pretty effing cool, dude. It's it's going to be uh, definitely uh, the crown jewel comedy event uh, of uh, that particular weekend. I don't think anything else is going on that weekend. Um, probably just for that particular purpose. Wins by default. There you go. Nice. Uh, I don't think anybody wanted to contend against it. Well, it's, that's just the way to win is to win by default. There you go. <laughs> Well, Christian, as always, a, a pleasure to have you here. Um, going to go through a rundown of all of the comedy events going on between Friday the 19th of July and Friday the 26th of July when we, we culminate with, with that uh, glorious Viking funeral of a bare-knuckle comedy show. So, if you're listening to this uh, the day this show drops on Friday, July 19th, you have a couple of options. You actually have three options at your disposal. Um, uh, the uh, farewell show for the uh, Who's Who uh, open mic and comedy showcase will be taking place uh, at the Night Owl by Treehouse. Um, I believe that's correct. Uh, on South Grand, I believe that show is at 8 p.m. Uh, also that evening, actually an hour earlier at 7 p.m., out in the Chesterfield Valley, it is Jokes and Spokes Comedy Showcase at the Bike Stop Cafe in the Chesterfield Outlets next to Top Golf on South Out- or North Outer 40, actually. Uh, I host that show. I produce that show. 7 p.m., $5 to get in. You're going to get me. You're going to get Aaron Porter, who just had his first hosting weekend at the Funny Bone last week and was very good. Uh, We have the triumphant return of two comedy stalwarts in this community who have taken a little bit of time off, but now they're back into the swing of things. We've got Sarah Pearl as our feature comic. We've got the sweet, sweet boy John Venegoni is going to be your headliner. You get all that for five bucks at 7 p.m. out in the Chesterfield Valley. Then you go to the parking lot of the Chesterfield Outlet Mall. You find my show. It's got the coffee break license plate. It's a 2016 Chevy Cruze. And you follow it all the way downtown to the Crack Fox on Olive Street in between 11th and 10th Street, if I'm not mistaken. It's on the it's on the uh, south side of the street. It's great. It's next to a very large parking lot. But by all means, don't forget to pay the little robot attendant thing there because if you don't, you'll end up with a twenty-five dollar parking ticket, like I did in March. Uh, that's going to be the impolite company comedy showcase that gets going at nine forty-five. It's a ten dollar admission. Two dollars of that goes to Planned Parenthood. If you would prefer that the two dollars not go to Planned Parenthood, you can simply tell uh, Chris Sear at the door, uh, and he will tell you to fuck off and leave. Uh, Tree Sanchez is hosting that show uh, with special guest Meredith Hopping. Larry Green is your featured comic, and the delightful, incredible, and terribly funny Susanna Lee from Kansas City, Missouri, is coming into town to do this show. Uh, again, 945 
come sit at the bar with me and Chris Sear uh, as we uh, determine how many pots of coffee uh, that Justin, uh, the bartender, will have to make in order to satisfy our insatiable caffeine craving. Justin is a sweet, sweet boy, uh, and he always makes fresh coffee for us because that's our thing. But you're more than welcome to join us. Saturday, July the 20th, it's a special edition of the South County Comedy Series. Space Boners! at Apotheosis Comics, celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Apollo moon landing. Uh, that show's producer is Tom Brown, a former guest of this show. Uh, Tom Brown's signet, one of his signature bits, is all about the Apollo 11 mission, so this is a very special night for him. Your host for that show is Kate Barton. Tom will be uh, one of the featured comics, along with Quentin Wilbert, uh, Blake Marduk from Central Missouri, and several special guests. Open mic is at 7.30. Show is at 8 o'clock. That's a $5 ticket. No cats. It's on the poster. I don't know why, but no cats. Do not bring your cat to this show. 8.15 on Saturday, the 20th of July. It's the Comedy Showcase at the shop. For 12 bucks. you are going to get a handful of this town's best comedians. Uh, every now and then, they'll have a visiting comic in from out of town. Always a good time. Bobby Jaycox and Rafe Williams put that show together. That is at the Improv Shop at 815. And then round out the night at the Helium Comedy Club with the uh, uh, Saturday nights in the garage, late night bucket mic. Bunch of comics show up, put their name into a bucket. The host of that show will literally pull them out on the spot, call them up to the stage to do their time. Who's the host this week? Oh, it's me. 1030. Helium Comedy Club in the Galleria, in the basement. There is no charge for that show. Come out and see me say terrible things about Mary Poppins. On That's true. That will happen. Monday night, July 22nd, we do open mics on Mondays. You got the Improv Shop at 8 p.m., the Heavy Anchor with Chad Wallace at 10 p.m., and the Third Rail uh, Comedy Showcase slash Competition uh, that's Sam Rootbeer's show. That is at 10.30 p.m. at the Third Rail uh, Third Rail Bar and Grill uh, on Manchester Avenue, just a little bit west of the Grove. Tuesday, the 23rd of July, the Yours, Mine, and Ours Comedy Showcase uh, at the Heavy Anchor. That's at 8.30 p.m. $5 gets you into that. Uh, Sam Lyons and Meredith Hopping host that show. Headliner is Dwayne Duke, the founder and producer of the Midwest Queer Comedy Festival. Also on that lineup, Yolanda Brown. Oh, there's a name I haven't heard in a while. Hi, Yolanda. Glad that you are back in the loop. Uh, Aaron Porter and Ronaldo Mercado are also on that show. On Wednesday, the 24th, it's the Best of St. Louis Showcase at the Funny Bone. This is Max Price's show. He produces and hosts that show. It's at 7.30, and if you mention Max Price at the door, you get in for free. Two-drink minimum does apply. Kenny Kine's on that show. Amber Clear, former guest, is on that show. And Jake Beckman will be performing as well. On Thursday, the 25th, you've got a couple of options there. Aside from wishing my wife a happy birthday, you've got 
arguments and grievances at 8 p.m. at Brennan's Work and Leisure down um, not too far from our studio uh, on Locust Street. That's a $5 ticket available in advance or at the door. Uh, comedy debates. It's great. Um, I once dueled Kenny Kynes to a draw uh, in that. It's one of my proudest comedy accomplishments. Uh, probably the only time when I've actually been able to use any scintilla of skills that I acquired in law school um, in my comedic pursuits. But Kenny Kynes is on that show. Adam Loff, Kate German, uh, Kevin White, Emily Hickner, and Brandon Judd will all be engaged in debates, notwithstanding the fact that I am apparently uh, the uh, poster model uh, for this particular show. I am not on it this time. I will be on it in the future. You hear that, Zach Jehoviak? I will be on it in the future. Also on July 25th, it's the Comedy Swamp Review at Crawl Daddy's in St. Charles. That's a 9 p.m. show. Um, uh... Uh, that's free. Henry Adams is on that show. Ronaldo Mercado, uh, Janelle Lardizabal, and Spencer Tegmeyer all on that show. Mike does a, a great job with that show. So uh, everybody head on out to St. Charles. Uh, on Friday, July 26th, it's the Bare Knuckle Comedy 10th anniversary show at the Ready Room. We've been talking about it all morning or afternoon or evening whenever you happen to be listening to this. For the very fair price of $15, you get Nick Vatterot, Rena Calm, Bobby Jaycox, Kenny Kine, Christian Lawrence, and Kevin White host that. There may be um, a few cameo appearances by certain podcast dads. That show starts at 7 p.m. My friends, we have reached the end of another episode of Impolite Coffee Break. I am your host, Yale Hollander, <clears throat> losing his voice, uh, which is not good because I have a television appearance to make in four hours. Uh, Christian Lawrence, what a pleasure to have you here. Thank you, Yale. And, Thank you. And uh, I will see you on the 26th, and hopefully all of our listeners who are in the St. Louis area or who have readily available transportation to the St. Louis area will come in on July 26th, sell out the ready room, and send Bare Knuckle Comedy off on a magnificent and glorious Viking funeral. Catch that bus in the town. That's right. All right, that's going to do it. Signing off. Bye. Bye.